Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What's happening, football fans? Welcome to another edition of the Gagan Pod, where I'm joined by Mark Schwarzer and Michael Bridges. We look back at the two FA Cup finals. Have Arsenal just bottled Champions League football? Would Leeds have been better under Marcelo Bielsa? Where's Tom Rogic going? Where's Suarez, Lewandowski, Mbappe, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lukaku? Where are they all going? Transfer news and the biggest calls going into next season and beyond, all here on the Gagan Pod. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Gagan Pod. I'm joined with both ends of the pitch here. Marky Schwarzer joins us all the way from London and Michael Bridges here from kind of half sunny Newcastle, Australia, hopefully. Uh, we look forward to all a massive week and it is the final week of the Premier League season and most European leagues. There's so many storylines at the top ends and bottom ends of the table, but we have to start with some breaking news. This morning, we all expected Arsenal. I mean... St. James Park, very tough place to go, but Arsenal were playing for a lot more than Newcastle, a chance to go back into the top four with one week to go. Michael Bridges, you've spent a bit of time at Newcastle. I know it's a formidable atmosphere, St. James Park, but did you see Arsenal going there and losing 2-0 quite convincingly? Could you have imagined this? Every chance. The way St. James's Park is at the moment, the form that Newcastle United have been with Eddie Howe since um, the, you know January with the window coming in. Anything is possible at St. James's Park. The atmosphere is absolutely electric. It's a long journey uh, for Arsenal to travel up there. And they, they don't like doing it. And this, it's the same in the reverse fixture. Newcastle hate travelling to London um, mm. to, to play Arsenal. So yes, I did see this one coming, Claude. Wow. And I was definitely cheering on Newcastle United. It's my hometown. But they've also done Tottenham Hotspur a favour <laughs> who are sitting in fourth and Conte will be delighted going into the final weekend of the Premier League season knowing that they've got to get a result over relegated Norwich and Arsenal are going to play Everton uh, who are fighting for their life as well so a huge slip up but the turning point was the North London derby when Harry yeah. Kane produced and son um, yeah that was the turning point and Arteta and the, the tune is flying Anton Deck was celebrating with Amanda Staveley the two most popular people out of St James's <laughs> Park apart from Alan Shearer <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I haven't even uh, flicked on any Arsenal fan TV. I haven't looked for any reactions on social media. But Schwartz, you're down there in the ground in London. What are you expecting tonight and in the papers tomorrow morning? Well, I already heard it on, on the commentary over here in the UK. They were talking about Arsenal and about the fact that, uh, you know, mentality that they've uh, let it slip. Um, this was the season they had to finish in Champions League. They had no European football. Next season, most likely Europa League. And it'll be, you know, Thursday, Sunday games and how they're going to cope. And, and are they going to then be able to back it up from a Thursday night game, play on the weekend and make sure they finish in the top four next season? More unlikely. Um, so this was seen as an opportunity, a massive opportunity for Arsenal with two games to go. Look, you'd expect Arsenal to be in the position they're in um, to have held on. Newcastle, look, Newcastle's an unknown at this moment in time. Their last two games, obviously, were really tough games. They played Liverpool and Manchester City. So mm. you didn't really expect a lot um, from those games. Certainly Man City annihilated Newcastle in the end. So you don't know we're going to get 
at St. James's Park at the moment with Newcastle. However, they put on a great performance. Arsenal were never really in the game, and I thought Newcastle were outstanding tonight. It's, it's an unbelievable result, which means Tottenham, they're in the box seat. They have one game to go away at Norwich, bottom of the league, and quite convincingly, Michael Bridges, as a Tottenham fan, I mean, Antonio Conte has done a great job, but if they were to drop points in this last week to Norwich, surely it would be a massive capitulation. Everyone's expecting them to go on and win it. But you just spoke about that European football, Premier League on the weekend. Is the squad ready for it? Antonio Conte, with this squad of players, we know he loves to dip into the transfer market. Let's assume he makes Champions League football. It looks like he'll be there. How far can he go with this squad? Who knows how far it can go? Pochettino went all the way. Um, and, you know, I think it was a lesser squad at the time that Pochettino did it with. What I've liked about Conte is the fact that he brought in Kulusevski and Bentenker, and they have been absolutely marvellous signings um, in the window to get them in. And what they've done, they've, they've performed brilliantly and just seem to give some of the players around them a new lease of life as well. So when you think about Conte, I'm trying to think how many games ago it was now, when he absolutely lost it, he said, I'm not the man yeah. for the job, I've gone. And and, you know, that's the kind of reaction and the kind of thing he's got to control in going forward. Yeah. You know, he's still that emotional man and very, very... He, he says too much after after the games with these interviews. It, yeah. It's almost like when I watch the A-League as well <laughs> and you see straight away you've just lost a match and you're kicked out and the, the microphone's straight in front of your face on the field and you say things <laughs> to the players. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're still in the game, you're still in the moment. Um, so Conte since then, and yeah, like I say, they've settled down, they've got back to business, they're doing it. They're going to need a lot of signings if they're going to have an impact in the Champions League if they get there mm. um, and the big big thing is who can they hold on to as well because is Harry Kane going to be there is there going to be more coming sniffing again who, who knows what's going on there and will he get the budget I doubt he will <laughs> look let's be honest they're there unless there's an absolute catastrophe I mean they only need a point at Norwich right yeah. and, and they're, they're plus 15 on goal so uh, unless they go to Norwich and lose then obviously they don't deserve to be there if they lose at Norwich it would have been, been a shocker can you the try saying it without laughing I, well, I'm just saying like come on let's be honest um, the only thing about Spurs is look at the moment the squad looks good Kulisewski Bentoncourt they're the two keys for me yeah. they need to keep those plus bring in three four similar kind of players um, you said before Pochettino you thought Pochettino had a lesser squad back then well, I'm not so sure I don't know whether he did have a lesser squad. I thought he had a younger squad. Tottenham players, most of their players were right on form. They were at their peak. So I'm not so sure. The thing about the thing about Spurs, Spurs is unknown. What does Daniel Levy do? What? How much does he give Conte? How much say does Conte have to uh, have over the transfers? There are so many ifs and buts he's about, the, he's about... He's the biggest stumbling block, Swartzy, when it yes. comes down to everything. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I have to say, when, when you think about the model... The way that Spurs has been run, the way they've been able to maintain... Yes, they haven't won a trophy, right? Before anyone says that, they haven't won a trophy. However, the success that they have had in terms of league positioning, the way that the clubs run, the stadium, everything is quite phenomenal. Sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. So, So I agree with the model in terms of the club buying players, them being in charge with it. Someone has to be accountable and in charge of bringing those players in. Managers come and go way too easily. They spend and waste a, sh- a hell of a lot of money on players if a manager just picks those players. Next yeah. manager comes in and goes, I don't want those players. They're not my yeah. players. I want to bring another five players in. So I, the model that Spurs have, I I really rate. What I can say, Claude and Swartier, is that Conte 
is a man that can go out and get signatures. He's the yeah. type of manager that you know has got a bit of clout. He's got an aura about him. And obviously, you haven't worked around the world, the contacts that he has got as well from, from Italy. There could be, could be you know, he's, he's a draw card. There's a lot of managers that haven't got that kind of power and that aura about them. Um, if Conte can and he's got the Champions League secure, mm-hmm. they, they could pull something off. Well, he's a serial winner, and that's what it is, right? Once you have the Champions League, it's a big tick next to your bargaining power when you're looking at the best players in the world. That's a huge storyline from this morning. Sorry, Arsenal fans waking up. Hope you have a decent Tuesday after that one. Let's go to the pair of FA Cup finals that were on the weekend. Firstly, Schwartz, I'm going to go with the women's FA Cup final. I saw you were down at the game interviewing all our Matildas afterwards. Firstly, how was the atmosphere there? And secondly, oh, Sam Curry in extra time. I mean, you could talk about all of them because the three of them were all very, very involved, right? I mean, some for good and some for bad. But how was the game? Uh, game was game was really entertaining. Um, end-to-end stuff, really open game. Um, record crowd, just short of 50,000. They were hoping for over 50,000. It was just short of it, but it was a record crowd for a, uh, for a women's game in the UK. Um, yeah, two teams, the most informed. Man City had won 13 on a, in a row in all comp. Um, Chelsea had won nine before the game had played. Last five FA Cup winners were these two teams. But they'd never wow. played each other in the final. So <laughs> that was the interesting thing about it as well. And obviously, from Australians' perspective, we had Sam Kerr on one side and obviously Alana Kennedy and Hayley Russell on the other. And I, I'm going to be slightly... Look, Sam Kerr was, was her usual self in terms of, look, she scored two goals. The, the first one was an instinct, chase it, get there. I'm not sure whether the ball was actually going to go in or hit the post or what, but she made sure it went in. Um, and the the second one, she was a little bit lucky, right? So the third yeah. goal, a little bit lucky, but did really well to get where she was. Um, shot was on target, ends on the back of the net. I have to say, I thought Hayley Rasso was one of the best players on the pitch when she came on. I thought what she was moment. absolutely outstanding. I thought mm. she caused Chelsea no end of problems. The goal that she scores is yeah. brilliant. If you yeah. haven't seen it, you've got to yeah. see it. The ball, firstly, was an excellent ball, and her take on the chest into a, that position right in into the ADR box in the area where the defender couldn't get there and she got in between it and the finish was sublime she 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 I thought she was excellent and unfortunately mm-hmm. for her it's two FA Cup finals and two twice on the losing side yeah. um yeah what do I? What else do you want to know? I mean, it was it was a great day. Alana it Kennedy, was a great look, day. Alana look, Kennedy. Well, I mean, how, how much fault do you put to that? And, and and the media over there, did she cop much scrutiny for that mistake uh, leading to Sam Kerr's goal? No, no, I wouldn't. Say, look, yeah, yes, she got caught out. Is it a yeah. mistake? Mistake? Yeah. Look, your defender. Once they make that decision, that they they engage, they try to win the ball. They don't win it they're caught out she still yeah. had a long way to go I, Sam Kerr I was going to say I think if it's in the final third of the field yeah. and she makes that mistake she can get done but in the mid mid third and in the opposition half when she's missed out you should have you know you've got players there behind you to back, mm. to back you up yeah. So yeah. You, you, you can say she's, she's had a go and that's the, the press and the intent that they go for she missed out but yeah I, she can't be blamed for that because if you actually saw the way she tried to get back she burned past the midfielder as well, did Alana Kennedy, to try and stop Sam Kerr and get back. So she look, I, she had full intent. I've got no doubt she would have held her hand up and gone, look, I messed up. I should have I should have made the challenge. I should have brought her down there in that area. She didn't. She missed it. It was a judgment call. She got it wrong. Look, I thought she was excellent all game as well. That was that yeah. one moment. And unfortunately for her, that one moment turns into the winning goal for Chelsea. 
Yeah. So, uh, and she's been excellent for, for Man City since she's been playing since, what was it, late February when she got back in the team. And it coincides with Man City being excellent and very yeah. much part of the side that won the League Cup against Chelsea. So, look, she's, she's had a, a very, very good second half of the season, as has Man City. And I felt for her in that final. Yeah, well, a trophy for Man City this season anyway, as you mentioned, the League Cup, and they finished it so strong that you can't help but think they'll be in there and amongst it next season, along with Chelsea and Arsenal. That league continues to go from strength to strength. Let's go to the Men's FA Cup final, which was the day before that one. Not as entertaining on the goals front. It was another nil-nil draw between Chelsea and Liverpool. That's the fourth time this season these two teams have met and the fourth draw in 90 minutes. Liverpool just can't really seem to break Chelsea down. What did you make of that one, Michael Bridges? Was it really a surprise the way the game panned out? Didn't seem quite as end-to-end and entertaining as the Carabao Cup final. But nonetheless, it went all the way to penalties and it was Liverpool yet again. They just always find a way to win, don't they? A classic, yeah, FA Cup final. Listen, Chelsea and Tuchel are very hard to break down. Defensively, I think they're, they're marvellous. You've got the, the defensive midfielders in there as well. So it was going to take something special. And you're not going to go expansive and leave gaps when you're playing Liverpool, let's be honest. So Tuchel got that absolutely spot on. You know, the, the two big chances were the, the posts from Diaz on the right-hand yeah. side and Robertson who hit the opposite post in the in the 90 minutes and that really that was it it was a bit of tit for tat still it you know it's a cup final the atmosphere was there but as soon as it went to penalties I, I, I listened to an interview from Aspilicueta before the game and he, he'd said we are not going to get done by Liverpool again we've been done this season the Carabao Cup we are up for this we are not going to let them do us again and especially <laughs> not on penalties yeah. oh my word you must be thinking the players afterwards must be thinking why the hell did you do that interview <laughs> because who missed the first penalty? Yeah. Aspilicueta. So it, it's it's cruel at times, our game, um, in the way it unfolded. And again, a man that's been marvellous for Chelsea, your team, Claude Mason Mount. Mm. I, re- I really felt for him. But when you, there's nothing can, nothing you do can put you in that situation. You cannot replicate the fans you, at Wembley. You yeah. cannot replicate the pressure of these big moments in games and I've read read things since then um, that they're talking about psychologists coming in saying to the players penalty experts well do me a favour please yeah. you cannot put yourself in that moment they, they, you know they've been there they've done it they'll learn from it and the next time it becomes easier and you know Simicast was the man that got Liverpool the double and I was I was delighted I'm sorry Claude because I still want the quadruple I still want it on West Ham I West Ham got points that. off City why I don't not? understand that. No, I don't why? think I'll ever see it in my lifetime again, mate. Like no. I, I've seen a treble. I want to see a quadruple. Mm. You, have you seen a treble in your lifetime? Were you were you born when Man U did it? I was born. I was you born. I don't remember it very well, but I was born. Well, it's born. an incredible... You'll never forget where you are when that happened. And yeah. I've got nothing to do with Manchester United, but it was an incredible moment. And the, the quadruple is still on. So, um, yeah, that's... Listen, their motto is, you'll never walk alone. If it happens, yeah. we'll never hear the end of it, but oh, it will be good. God. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I, for one, am going for everyone they verse in every final because I can't stand the amounts of Liverpool fans here that will give it to everyone. But look, it is an incredible achievement. They are a super squad um, all around it. But you talk about the management, right? Now, Schwartz, you've been in a few penalty shootouts. I can think of a few iconic ones myself off the top of my head. But <laughs> you talk about, you know, people say, oh, penalties are a lottery. Once it gets there, it's like, oh, it's anybody's game. Anyone can miss. Usually the best players miss, yada, yada, yada. But do you feel like managers really do have that impact on the squad? And it starts with, you know, they're talking body language of Tommy Tuchel. They were talking 
talk in the fact that Jurgen Klopp already had the five penalty takers written down. He got the squad in quicker. The squad was set up quicker. He spoke to everybody. He didn't put players on the spot. Do all these things make a difference or is it really just a lottery? Uh, look, I think managers, look, body language, confidence, the way people speak can make a difference. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. Did the difference between Klopp, look, Klopp did what Klopp does. He does it all the time, whether yeah. it's a league game, cup game, whatever it is, whether it goes to a penalty shootout, not, it's normal time. And he's talking to his players half time. There's no doubt to me, nothing changes. Tuchel does the same thing as well. What was the difference? It was one penalty difference at the moment, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and I know, look, I, I think Mendy was really unlucky. There was two, two un- unbelievable chances where he got his hand to it, didn't save it, whatever happened. You know, that, that happens. That's the thing. All I'm trying to say is it's fine margins. Was that the difference? I don't think so. I, mm. I think it's more about the individual stepping up and being able to deal with the occasion. Yeah. And I don't think, obviously, Aspilicueta, I, I just think with Aspilicueta's sh- uh, shot, um, his penalty, he, he just overhit over it. I, yeah. I, I don't think the moment got him, that doesn't, I don't think that bothers him. Mason Mount, I think the moment maybe got him a little bit. Yeah. The pressure in front of the Chelsea fans, the age he's at, um, he's never won a he's never won a final at Wembley. I, I think that may have played it a little bit of a part, but that's that, that is the psychological thing that you mentioned earlier on. And Bridgie was poo pooing. Um, <laughs> players like Mason Mount probably could do with a bit of help in that regard. Now, yeah, after yeah. the occasion, just like probably a couple of the England boys after the Euros final. So, yeah, I, I'm not adverse to that. So, to answer your question. I don't think so on this occasion. And you don't not, think it had also not the last time. No. Well, Bridget- I, I will say though, Claude, preparation is the key to anything. And mm. Klopp and his staff were definitely on their game. As uh, Swarty said, they always are. Ha- that makes it a little bit more easier when you, you know, when they're, when they're, they're working things out after the game. However, there could have been a lot of players that may have said, I don't want it. Even, yeah. even you've, got, you've got to feel it in that moment. But the preparation that Klopp and his staff went into, no doubt about it, they had the upper hand going into that. But it's, I don't think that has a, a huge impact on when that 30-second walk up to the ball, the player's mindset, mm. what you're going through. I, I agree. So they more often than not will know before the penalty shootout. So, so as in, before the game even starts, what the lineup is going to be in case it goes to penalty shootout because yeah. they would have gone through it at training. Okay. And, and like Bridgie's saying, there'll be moments in the game, at the end of the game, the end of 90 minutes, the end of extra time, it is in the moment, in the stadium, in the atmosphere, how they're feeling, that some players may go, by the way, I, I don't want I, it I anymore. Don't fancy, I don't fancy myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that happens. So what happens? The manager's frankly trying to work out who's going to take the next one. Then he tries to go down the list. The next player might go, hmm, no, I, I, I want to be that sixth player. You know what I mean? There, yeah. there can be a snowball effect. So, look, I, I don't think, look, I think Tuchel's experienced as experienced. Look, he's won the Champions League as well with Chelsea. He's, he's won trophies. It's not like it's, he's new at the job. So I don't think that played a part. Mm. Well, for Chelsea now, they settle for top four. Trophyless season and, of, I guess, a roller coaster of a year when you look at the ownership of the club. I guess they'd be quite happy to see that finish and start planning for the future. Let's now look at the... We've, we've spoken the top four race. We've spoken about the Cups, but we've got to go back to the title race. Man City have invited a, just a tiny little bit of pressure on themselves. They were 2-0 down. Jared Bowen stole the show, as he does so often. Look, they should have this well and truly wrapped up. Schwartz, you're shaking your head. Is there any chance Steven Gerrard does a favour to Liverpool in the last round? 
He'd love to. Are they able but to? I, I don't enough. think so. Look, no, and look, I, I think, uh, look, West, I think Man City showed the character they've got. Look, West Ham, West Ham were brilliant. But Man City then on the second half turned it around and they should have won the game. I mean, Mahrez, Fabianski makes a great save. Mahrez, yeah. you would expect him to, to score that. So, hang on, what was the body language like there with Pep Guardiola? Mahrez taking the penalty. Yeah. Hang on, was that the difference? Yeah. yeah. Well, we can, we can sit here all day, can't we? We can analyse, we can psychoanalyse these managers. But look, the, 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 end of the, the end of the day, it is a 2-2 draw there, Bridget. It would have to be a little bit of a miracle, you'd think, on the final day, similar to Arsenal making the top four. Do you give him any chance, Liverpool? Claude, I called it on your good, bad and the ugly show. I said Jared Bourne would be the man to change yep. things around for West Ham. I said it would be a 1-1 or a 2-2 draw this game and it would open it up. Um, I think it had to be a West Ham win if Liverpool were going to get anything out of this title. Mm. Like Swartz said there, the F- City found a way and they found a way very, very harshly. It was a deflected goal and yeah. then it was an own goal. And if you are going to go on to win the title, it's moments like that, that when you are the, the title winners, as opposed to being bottom of the table like a Burnley when the Tottenham handball went against, you know, the, the, the penalty decision at VAR. Uh, yeah. things go against you at the top it paid it played out for City so I think it's um, Stevie will be going all out to try and do something against um, to help Liverpool but it's it's all about uh, City I think I feel like they just got enough and they, they did enough so unfortunately I think that's where um, Liverpool will miss out and it'll just be the treble against Real Mm, well, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there at the Etihad Stadium. So, so Man City need to win because that's where our main coverage is going to be. All right, on the weekend, so <laughs> we need them to win. Let's be honest. And look, Liverpool are going to have to settle with the treble. They're going to have to settle with League Cup, FA Cup, and winning the Champions League. Huge, I, I, huge Liverpool fans injuries are okay well, with that. At Liverpool, huge injuries. They may not have a. Klopp's got a massive decision to make with his staff. Is it? Do you go for it this weekend? And and you know, no. the players like Marnie and mm. Van Dijk that had injuries and Salah. Sorry, not Marnie. Um, and the other, the flip side of it, or do you wrap them in cotton wool and it's about beating Real Madrid and having them fit for that game? I think that's paramount for them. I think they've got the numbers. I think they've got the players. Like, I know, I look, I know you can't replace Salah and you can't replace Van Dijk, but they can in terms of, you know, uh, you, you you look at it and Kunate can play, Matip can play, right? They're not as good as Van Dijk, of course not, but they're still very good players. Mm. The same as up front. You know, you, you play Diaz, you play Jota, Firmino can come in, whatever. Salah, Okay, he's not on the team, he's not on the team. But Liverpool are designed, are fit. Uh, they have got the players to do the job without them. Of course, you want them in it, but they, they have to wrap them in cotton wool. If there's any concern about them this weekend, you can't play them. Wow. Well, meanwhile, Real Madrid really haven't had to push themselves for a result for the last few weeks. They wrapped it up with a few weeks to go. I don't know if that's always a good thing when you wrap up the league and you've got three, four weeks of games that don't mean much before the Champions League final, but time will tell. Let's turn our attention to the relegation battle. Bridgie leads United. Now, when you look at the weekend and you look at the fact that Burnley, Everton, these guys lost the games. Leeds managed to get a draw in the dying moments of the game. Was that like a win for them? Absolutely. That point was invaluable. They're sitting in the relegation spot until the 92nd minute and then, you know, strike with the goal. I've got to give uh, Joe Guildhart the the work that he did, the little flick and dink over the uh, Brighton defender. I don't can't remember who it was. It was just a massive moment and the celebrations, that point could be so valuable. I know that both teams in Everton and um, Burnley have got a game in hand. Yeah. You've got to win their matches. Do you know what mm. I mean? And then they, when you're at the bottom, nothing comes easy. So Everton have got Crystal Palace 
and Burnley have got Aston Villa so again I'm, I'm an Aston Villa fan this weekend definitely and that, that point was huge mm. and I think the, the way Ellen Road erupted they, they knew as well and, and mm. a lot of the players the scenes so it's, it's still not over there's a yeah. lot to be done between now and then and it's just going to be fascinating to see what goes on because Leeds are going to play Brentford and I've got to say this is a team I've admired watching Thomas Frank and his boys just yet again what they did against Everton to come back yes it was against 10 men but they've found a way and I've been mm. suitably impressed by them um, but I, I did hear a, a thing Swartzy that Jesse Marsh and Thomas Frank um, used to be next door neighbours in their ski chalet many years ago <laughs> so maybe there could be a little bit of a, a nah, thing done here can't no? say can't say yeah, <laughs> all I'm thinking I, I was going to say is that let, let's just say that uh, Burnley pick up a point against Villa midweek I mean look yeah. they, they're going to have to still do that right so going to the last game of the season and, and then Burnley change places with Leeds who's going to stay up Brentford Leeds Burnley Newcastle so who's going to stay up because they're, they're the two games right so I mean obviously Everton could also be in that mix but just say for for example for argument's sake it comes down to those two games do you fancy Leeds getting a result away at Brentford Poor. Oh. Because they're going to need a result, then, aren't they? They're going to need a result, then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's going to be that's going to be very, very tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. Very tough. I'm just. It's got to be because it, it, it can't be on. It can't be a, a thing because the goal difference for Leeds is shocking. Mm. Yes, so that's they, right. it's you know. I, I think they can do it. I do think they can do it. I know Brentford have been fantastic, but you think about when, you know, when you feel like, for example, everyone thought Arsenal today going to St. James Park. You just know the way Newcastle are. St. James Park, last game at home for the season. They're all going to really turn up. Do you think Brentford, I mean, they've There's been a fantastic. Man. There's they've a been a great still- side, but do you think they're the same where it's like, we have to win this last game at home? If there is anybody going to get this team up, it's Jansen, the centre half, who used to be at Leeds United. He's an absolute crackpot. He, um, <laughs> he's still absolutely seething from the way he was let go okay. can, you, can you remember when they let Aston Villa try and score a goal a few seasons ago yeah yeah that's and Bielsa right. said let them go and score a goal and it was Jansen the guy that tried to two foot them when and he, yeah. was, he was playing holy hell with Bielsa and the staff to see why we're letting them score a goal that's he was right, released yeah. in the summer he's at Brentford if he's got a bee in his bonnet and he wants any team to go down it'll be him even though he had great times at Leeds he'll get them up and say man do it for wow. me he, he's wow. a crackpot mate Wow. Well, when we look at Leeds under Jesse Marsh, uh, you know, that was a big change for them to get rid of Marcelo Bielsa Schwartz. And we look at it now in their last five games, they scored zero against Crystal Palace. They scored zero against City, one against Arsenal, zero against Chelsea, and they managed one in the dying moments against Brighton. So under Bielsa, it was all about, yeah, we're scoring goals. We're conceding way too many. Now under Jesse Marsh, it's been pretty respectable, I guess, when you look at the back line, but they're not scoring anywhere near as much. If they do go down, Will anyone look at that decision to get rid of Bielsa as a mistake? Because in these games, when there's one or two games to go and you need a result late on, you're chasing a game, you need goals. Do you prefer the previous style or you think they would have been dead and buried by now if they still had Marcelo Bielsa? Look, I think it's a divided opinion. I mean, on the weekend after after the performance against Brighton, even though they got a point, even though they dug deep and they showed, you know, that that togetherness and and the fighting spirit. Even I mean, they should have been probably three four 0 down at half time, right? Mm. Then second half was a different game, and, and Leeds probably a little bit lucky not even to win the game. You know, a bit of extra luck. Um, there was a mixed reaction. I was listening to the radio on the way back from the Women's FA Cup final and, and there was a lot of Leeds fans coming on there saying, you know, better off staying with Bielsa. 
you know wow. better off staying with that uh, style you know okay at least we knew what we were and under Jesse Marsh we don't know what what he wants what he wants to do what is he mm. trying to play what styles he trying to play at least with Bielsa you knew the players knew and the, the fans a lot of them are saying the players just look lost the players don't know they, they don't look like they know what Jesse Marsh wants them to do wow I mean well, let's say they stay up then Michael Bridges, let's say they do stay up. Is Jesse Marsh a long-term manager? Do you see him taking Leeds United to higher levels in the Premier League, potentially pushing for European places? Is he the man to have a long-term project at Leeds United? The the main game is to stay in the Premier League so that they can keep hold of players like Calvin Phillips because they're not going to okay. make this... That, that is paramount. I don't care who the manager is. Okay. Uh, you're saying Jess, Jesse Marsh, if he keeps him up, he deserves an opportunity to do that. Yes, no right. doubt about it. He's got a guy in um, Matt, uh, Mark Jackson behind him who was the 23s mm. head coach. Um, he knows what's in the academy and what's coming through and the potential. So that's a really good coup for him as well. So in, I, don't, I don't mind that. The thing is, if they go down, Rafinha goes... Right, mm-hmm. if they stay in the Premier League, Rafinha m- maybe goes. But you're talking yeah. fifty, sixty million in the Premier League for a sale. If you go down, you're talking fifteen, twenty for yeah. Rafinha. You know, yeah. and then it becomes like Calvin Phillips. You lose your main man. There's talk you might get a hundred thousand pound a week. They're holding off on that contract. Calvin is obviously holding out for that as well. Mm. Um, could possibly get more money if he went elsewhere. But he wants to be a Leeds boy. He yeah. knows he's going to be the highest paid player in the club's history. If they go down again, Calvin goes for next to nothing. Yeah. So that that is the big thing. I don't think Leeds are going to be in a world of pain like they were when, obviously, um, the times that I had and when they were in a massive, massive debt. This club has been run and organised very, very well now. On and off the field, they've, they've as got much the money f- as you were when you were there. That's the thing. <laughs> no, no, definitely not, Swartzy. Definitely not. <laughs> He's um, and the other thing you've got is um, you've just thrown us there now, you tool. Um, <laughs> man, you just killed me because I was thinking about what I wasn't getting as opposed to some of the lads that were there, like Seth Johnson. Um, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, they're they're, they're just a, they're they're geared up in a better position, and they've got the investment from the 49ers as well, which is still yeah. rumbling. So it's a lot more sellable as well for Andre and his team if they're in the Premier League so for me I don't care about Jesse Marsh who it is but he does if they stay up he deserves an opportunity well this is really shaping up to be a beautiful Premier League final day we've missed these ones that go right down to the wire so it's going to be awesome Schwartzy let's make a bold prediction you love doing this tell me something what this time next week what are we talking about in the Premier League what's the biggest storyline that we look back and go wow didn't see that coming what are we all talking about um, I think we're we're talking about Everton just surviving oh. <laughs> and I think I, I do think so and I, and, I, and I think I think we're going to be talking about the fact that uh, Burnley have joined Watford and Norwich okay wow see I'm going to flip that and I'm going to say Everton incredible scenes leave the top flight after so many years you think they're gone with two games to go they don't win I mean the Arsenal game you think is tough they'd probably have to do Everton need to get a point at, against Palace if there yes. any chance of staying up, because they're going against the Mark Swartz's comment, you know, there's one of them okay. going to be right. <laughs> the, the reason, the reason, the only reason I think Everton will actually stay up now is because of, because of their performance before the sending off on the weekend. Yeah, they were they were uh, very good. They were up for it. The fans were up for it as they've always been. To be fair, let's be honest, they were right up for it, the players. And and the, the sending off changed the game. Um, and then obviously um, Rondon being sent off, which gets them down to nine men. So even at nine men, they were very competitive and they pushed um, Brentford so I, I think with 11 players in the park they have, well, obviously that's key they need to keep their head they need to keep it together 11 players on the pitch they've, I think they'll get a, at least a point against Palace 
I will like say a, one thing though. Frank Lampard, right? He's a bit of he's, he, he fancies himself a bit, you know. Frank, I've, <laughs> I played with Frank at under 18s at England, and Frank was always had a bit of swagger about him. He always looks immaculate. He's got the moisturizer. He looks a sack of <laughs> shit at the moment. By the way, I watch well, his interview. Well. I, mem- I remember seeing Solskjaer. You know, the, when he took over at United, fresh face. The, what was his nickname? The baby-faced assassin. Man, yeah. if management if management does something to you, the the stress levels, the worry, that they both look. I mean, Solskjaer looked done at the end of his reign, but Frank, since day one, there's a picture of him when he came in at day one, <laughs> and the picture of him the yesterday when he, he just looked disheveled. He's got a fair few more greys as well, doesn't he, old Frankie? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, if anything puts you off management, it's your health, man. It's a t- what's your excuse then, Bridgie? It's it? very early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to work with dickheads like you. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be a great final week in the Premier League. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's now talk a little bit about uh, transfer news because you guys mentioned Harry Kane earlier in the episode and there's a lot of question marks around Romelu Lukaku. I guess just all the strikers in the world because Erling Haaland's confirmed he's gone to Man City. Lewandowski, we heard those words after the game on the weekend, Schwartz. He's speaking like it may have been his last game for Bayern Munich. Suarez is leaving. There were farewells left, right and center. Ibrahimovic looks like he's leaving. It's a striker merry-go-round. What does this mean for European football with all these strikers moving around? Bridgie big striker yourself what does it mean and could it completely shift the power dynamics in Europe it's incredible to think what the players you've mentioned and talked about like Haaland going Lewandowski Mbappe there's talk you know yeah. you missed out on is Messi Messi's dad yeah. has come out and thrown a span in the works saying that he could be back at Barcelona yeah I mean Ronaldo's not a sure thing either is he at Man no. United absolutely incredible Dybala yeah. it's, it's just going to be fantastic and I just hope that we see most of them end up in the Premier League yeah <laughs> That's yeah. what I, you know. That's what we get to watch and um, makes it more exciting. Because I'm a big fan of Lewandowski. Yeah. I really, really. I think he is just the the closest to him. I would say is um, Kane, mm. um, as opposed because they just have everything. Like yeah. a striker needs. They can play yeah. with a back to goal. They can go past people. Head, left foot, right foot. He's, he's the compact player. So I'd love to see him in the Prem. Where he is, I don't care. As long as it's the Premier League. Because <laughs> Haaland's coming, so... Well, Haaland's, Haaland's coming. We spoke already a lot about Erling Haaland. We know he's going to be on a packet of money. We question maybe whether he suits the style of City, but he's a great player. He's got all the potential in the world. He was actually out at a nightclub in his full Dortmund tracksuit. I don't know if you saw that. He was on the <laughs> yeah. dance floor in his full Dortmund tracksuit. He can do what he wants. He's Erling Haaland at the, at the moment. Why not? Um, but, Schwartz, we talk about the Bundesliga and Bayern Munich they've missed out on a lot of players in this transfer window of course there were rumours that they were in for Haaland there were rumours that they were in for Schlotterbeck for Rudiger they've lost Niklas Süle to their rivals is the power in the transfer market shifting a little bit in Germany Bayern Munich struggling to pick up those players um, I wouldn't say necessarily shifting 
Um, the question is, were they even interested in places, players like Schlotterbeck, Rudiger? I know Sula's gone, right? But I, you know, I'm not so sure. I mean, Upamecano's there. You know, they've got the versatility of Hernandez, mm. Pavard, you know, can play those sort of positions. Um, yeah, look, Alfonso Davies is very versatile as well. Look, I, I would expect them to be in for another another centre-half and, and maybe someone like a Schlotterbeck would have been of interest or a mm. Rudiger would have been of interest. Mm. But they can't compete. Rudiger, you know, you can't compete with someone like Rudiger who's on a free transfer and, and the you know the sort of wages that, that Real Madrid have been offering him. I yeah. don't think Bayern at the, are at that position anymore. I think the pandemic, certainly in German football, really did hit hard. Mm. Um, there's a lot of talk about Borussia Mönchengladbach really struggling. Um, okay. they, 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 they sack the manager now, so he's gone. Um, they're talking about uh, quite a lot of players potentially having to be sold because they're, they're struggling financially. Um, so that, I mean, that's a massive club. So yeah, there, there is a bit of, a, bit of an issue uh, financially. Bayern, Are Bayern some will of the players though. bored at Bayern, Swartzy? Are they bored of winning everything? <laughs> That, that, that can be a problem, right? I mean, it's 10 trophies in a row. I, I heard that uh, Uli Hoeneß, who's the honourable chairman of the club, at the, the the party celebrations, he spoke and he was very critical of a couple of players. Hmm. He didn't name names specifically, but he talked about certainly since the, 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 uh, the second round of the Bundesliga that there was a number of players at Bayern that uh, didn't play anywhere near the capability that they're, that they're expected to play. And they need to be put more pre- under pressure, and um, that they were, you know, that he was really disappointed with with uh, the way that they ended the season, um, mm. and certainly being knocked out of the Champions League. So yes, there is a little bit of unrest. I think uh, Julian Nagelsmann's under a little bit of pressure, um, and also they even talked about he went so far as to say that certain journalists need to be banned from the club. Wow! Yeah, uh, because they've been criticising uh, Salihamidzic and Nagelsmann too often, too much, mm. and they should be looking at players to blame rather than those guys. Do, do you think? Do you read into those comments after the game? Is Robert Lewandowski just after a new contract, an increased bumper no. contract, or he's gone? You think? I th- I think he desperately wants to go now. I think wow. he's at a point now at thirty three where he's gone. Right, you know what? I've done everything I possibly can. I've broken every pretty much every record there is on offer, mm. and I think he's just thinking. Right, the writing's on the wall. Bayern. My understanding is Bayern were prepared to offer him a two year contract, whereas Barcelona have off, uh, have supposedly agreed a three year deal for him. Right, they're talking twenty five to thirty million euros for him. I mean, he's thirty yeah. years old. Yeah, look. He's a 40-plus goal a season. Man certainly has been in the last four or five seasons. The question is, this second half of the season, yes, he's scored goals, but hasn't seemed to be quite at that level. No. yeah. But And I think, look, I, the, from all the reports is that Bayern are desperately trying to look for someone to, to bring in and replace him. So I wouldn't be surprised. Outwardly at the moment, they're saying no, but I think they've ex- they're going to accept the fact that he's going to go. Wow. Huge times, as you said, the, the striker power shift. Can we imagine? I mean, there's Real Madrid always in the market looking for huge players, and there is the rumor of Mbappe. But can we imagine Lewandowski back to goes to Barca as well? El Clasico will be back. We'd love to see it. They it looks like the final missing piece in the puzzle for Barcelona because they are a great side. They're just missing that big lad up top that's going to score 30, 40 goals a season. So watch this space. What about Tommy Rogic? Because Ange Postecoglou wins the league. We knew that that was going to happen. Fantastic achievement. We saw the scenes at full time. Ange speaking to the fans. 
fans. It looked like an emotional moment. And he's really won everyone over. What a first season. But for Tom Rogic, bit of a bittersweet moment. He finally leaves Celtic after so much success. Where does he go now? Because he's in a different point of his career, I think, that there was, I remember three to four or five years ago, there was links to Arsenal. There was links to the Premier League with Everton and all that. Is he still... a caliber at the caliber to be able to make a move to a top flight european league or is it now a case of thinking about returning to asia returning to australia what's next for tom Rogic? do you think bridgie yeah, it was absolutely brilliant scenes to see him depart in the field. It was a, a very emotional moment. Um, and you saw the reception he got from the fans because they know the impact that he has made there uh, and what he has done. And I think the embrace with Ange was for about 30 seconds because I think yeah. Ange is gutted that he's, he's obviously gone as well. Yeah, I still think he's got unfinished business. Um, listen, there's a couple of things. We've seen Aaron Moy leave the Premier League to go, yeah. go and get massive money in Asia. Um, I hope Tom doesn't do that. I'd like to see, I'd like to see Tom Rogic still. I think get into a Premier League football club. I still think he has something to offer. Mm. Um, will he go to a Championship club? I don't know. Then then you've got to think about yeah. Then then I would, I would say go and take the money in Asia. But yeah. I'd love to see him go to a Premier League club. Uh, who that might be, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't mind seeing him at Newcastle. Actually, I think they're going to go wow. bigger and bigger and better. But Newcastle United could be an option. Yeah, you know, I, th- I could see him fitting into a Brighton team. Um, And I could also see him fitting into a Leeds United team. There you go. I think that would be the kind of thing you're looking at. Or would we see Ericsson leave um, Brentford and maybe Tom go in there? And there's also the teams coming up as well. I mean, we know Huddersfield have just made the playoff final this morning. Will they be looking for a player like a Tommy Rogic with that experience at the highest level? Man, he's, a win- he's a winner. He's proven that. And he's what, what he is, he's, he's a bloody dedicated. He's got his head screwed on. He's yeah. not an arrogant lad. And he speaks very, very well. So if you're a club looking at a player, you're not mm. just looking at that characteristic as a player. You look at the, you know, the whole package. What's he yeah. like off the field, on the field? He's never given Celtic any dramas. He's never mm. given the Socceroos any dramas. So mm. he ticks all the boxes for what clubs will look at. And hopefully we see him in the Premier League rather than just scurrying off to, to fill his pockets. Schwartz, has he still got it to be? We know, we know on his day he can be devastating. Has he still got it to play at the absolute highest level in European football? Yeah, I think so. I think this season showed that he has because he's. I think he's played the most games this season he has for a number of seasons, partly mm. because he's stayed fit. Ange is there. He's obviously knows him, knows his qualities and, and backed him and played him. I think it's like 44 games uh, he's played for Celtic this season. So it was also quite a bit of a shock when it was announced he was leaving. He's even got a year left on his contract. So yeah. it was obviously an agreement with a club that, that he can go, um, which is you know admirable from the club if, if that's the case, if he's able to go for a free transfer I'm like Bridgie I'd love to see him at you know I think Brent someone like a Brentford would be great for him something of that maybe look maybe even something like an Aston Villa maybe wow. I don't know if it would work I don't think Ooh. Newcastle would be in the market for someone Coutinho like Coutinho and Buendia good luck with that one yeah I know that's <laughs> the only problem yeah I mean that's the thing maybe maybe look maybe a Fulham maybe something like that you know I, I don't know um, I, I think I'd love to see him give it a go in the Premier League I'd love to see him you know, it's almost like sticking his neck out a little bit because yeah. because look look he could easily take the the easier option of going and I, and I say that with the most respect as possible but to go to somewhere like Asia mm. and cash in yeah. I, I mean he said from what I read he said he pretty much ruled out going back to Australia at this stage and it's all about seeing what else is out there and what other opportunities are out there. I, I, I hope he stays in Europe. I hope he tries to get to the highest possible level in Europe. I hope he doesn't pick the MLS, Asia or something like that at this time. I think he's still got 
minimum two, three years at a top level. Mm. And especially for our national team, we need our players doing that. You've seen what happened with Aaron Moy and I guess going in and out of the squad since he's moved to China. We want our players playing at the highest level. But what about Luis Suarez? I mentioned him before. He's now at 35 years of age. It was a massive farewell considering he spent such a short time at Atletico Madrid, but it was such an impact he had at that squad. You would think it was his goals that came in and added to that team to help them win that title. What about him? 35 years of age. He'll be 36 during next season. There's talks about a move to the MLS. There's talks maybe about staying in Europe, but potentially a move to the MLS. Is he a realistic target for Australian football, Bridget? Could we be looking at a player like a Luis Suarez or even, or even hold on, or even a Zlatan Ibrahimovic who's just said he's probably going to be leaving AC Milan at 40 Seriously, years man, of age? Wash your mouth out, will you? Just <laughs> honestly. You, Are you going to contribute I mean. to their wages? <laughs> Open the checkbook. Yeah, open the checkbook. There's no checkbook there, man. Gee, I mean, you're talking, you know, you're, you're talking about transfer fees coming in in Australian football as well. You, you go and have a look. In, there's an Argentinian lad playing in the MLS that they signed for like fifty or sixty million dollars. Uh, I can't think of his name. He scored a blinder at the weekend. 16. 16. 16. 16 sorry. Tiago, Tiago Almada. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. He's, yeah. he's unbelievable, mate. So you're talking yeah. that kind of price for a lad. But that, that's, but, a 20, that's a 21-year-old. See, the MLS now have stopped I, buying the older players. They're picking up young talent straight listen, out of South America. We're listen, not at that level. But I'm saying like... Suarez... He's good mates with Bruno as well. Is there? The advertisement that they can do <laughs> over there in the MLS to get out of Suarez. He's yeah. a marquee player. He's an unbelievable marquee player. There is no chance we'll be seeing him in the A-League and if he is I'll do this next podcast first podcast next season naked alright oh I'll please for that. Don't, I, Jeez, just I, keep I, your I, webcam off I hope well, he does the whole thing. I don't, I don't want to see him doing it naked. That's for sure. Bloody hell. Uh, Bridget, I want to ask you a question. Do you th- could you see someone like Suarez ending up at, at Villa? Because he has been linked. I mean, it, it, there was paper talk of him potentially going to Villa because of obviously Steven Gerrard, Coutinho's there. Yeah. Could you see him going there? Why not? Why not? I, uh, I still Has he think still got that in him, really? He yeah. has definitely got goals in him. And I think Stevie G, oh. if, you know, if they can talk him around, he can definitely be an impact player. He can definitely get some moments out of games and take a bit of the pressure load off Ollie Watkins. Mm. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And, you know, Stevie knows what he's, what he's about in the, in the dressing room. He's, he's been there. Coutinho's there. Um, I think he could be still an asset for, for four teams, yes, without a shadow of a doubt. That'd be huge. That would be huge. We'd love when to you see talk, it. When you mentioned the A League, there, it's it's absolutely no. I laughable. know. It's no, I know. Uh, look, I'm having a bit of a laugh because the the the, the real. No, but the, it's sad though, Claude. It's sad that we are actually laughing at that because years ago, it it was probably a possibility. That was a realistic option. It's a realistic option now. It's just become a laughing stock, mate, and it, it's really really upsetting. And to, yeah, to be fair, I thought more from the player's point of view. We know how much he loves playing for Uruguay, so I I didn't think that he, realistically he would go to somewhere like the A League or even the MLS, to be honest, before this. World Cup. I think he will try and play at the highest level at least until this World Cup. But after that, maybe. I mean, I don't know. You never know. Zlatan, 40 years of age, he went over to the MLS and then he returned to Europe. So why not? If the money's right, if the price is right, who's to say it can't happen? We'd love to see it. He would suit the Western Sydney Wanderers, wouldn't he? To a T. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a few. You know what my, my idea is, Bridgie? You got Chiellini's out of contract and looking for a club as well. So Chiellini at Sydney FC, Suarez at Wanderers, recreate the bite in a Sydney derby and the league is back. There you That's go. You there you hey. go. And then you get TV rights around the world. There we go. That's it. Marketing. Marketing 101. Um, let's talk a little bit about the A-League, though. It's been it's been a good finish to the season. 
finals are still kicking on. But the biggest thing, Adelaide United, they're still in it. And I guess they're, they're getting the plaudits, really, because for the amount of young players that they've brought up and played this season. Bridgie, you're here on the ground. I'm not sure how much Schwartzy gets to see over there. But are there any young players in Australia, do you think, that are ready to make that move over to Europe? Do you know the one I will say about the Newcastle Jets? And the, the thing that you've said about Adelaide there, what I found really, really interesting is that Adelaide have done it with a lot of youngsters, but that game against Central Coast Mariners, mm. they completely, he went for experience. Yeah. He completely flipped it. You know, when you saw, I saw Jakobsen was in there, SES was back in there, Goodwin's yeah. been absolutely brilliant. Yes. The, um, Lopez, they, they kind of went for a bit more of experience in that game against Central Coast and it paid off mm. because Central Coast and Monty had the, the youth, they had the, the energy levels that you were thinking, oh, they could probably do something. But what Adelaide did, they controlled the game and they tried to get the ball to Craig Goodwin as much as he could. Now, Craig's come back after, you know, doing marvellous things and um, uh, around Europe and around Asia, um, which is which is great. And they got their just reward. So there's a lot of players could do it, but there's one last I would like to see and he's from my region in Newcastle Jets and it's Archie Goodwin he was he was talked about he hasn't really you know every time he's come on this season or he's done something he's given an opportunity he's done it Mm. Um, and I feel that he's been either too much looked after at the Newcastle Jets this season or he's just being cast aside and he's been needed when they've had injuries and down and he's come and improved himself mm. and I've had a lot of people I'm not going to name names I've had a lot of people from from um, England texting me saying oh this kid what do you reckon wow. with a punt so wow. yeah and the age that he is Obviously, he's got a he, he's got a chance. He's just had a nasty run of spells with injuries, growing pains. Okay, he, he's the one that I feel. If you're gonna go, you're gonna have to go now at the end of this season because when you get to twenty, twenty one, twenty two, you know it's very, very tough then to to try and break. And you've got to be playing every game in the A-League like Aaron Moy was when he got that move to Huddersfield via Man Man City by the City Group. Archie's at a perfect age, so yeah, watch his space. Schwartz, you know what? Before you jump in and, and, and speak about the A-League players, I, I will say on that one, a little fun fact, Archie Goodwin, he's been fan. I don't know if you saw it over there, but he popped in this season against Sydney FC after playing. He plays in the NPL level with the, with the Jets. Popped into the first grade squad, scored a double to beat Sydney FC 2-0. Last season, he did the same thing. Got up to the first team and scored on one of his first few games. So he's definitely got that X factor. One thing I'll claim, one thing I'll claim is we played against him in the NPL last season. Now, we went up to Newcastle and they put, they put their game on a Sunday night at 7. PM. Now, for lads that actually have day jobs, that's a terrible one. We've got to trek it up there for a Sunday night game. So we said, let's go the Saturday. We'll have a quiet dinner with the boys, maybe a beer at Max. Now, we're in Newcastle. Didn't realize the nightlife has really come a long way since the last time we went up to Newcastle, Bridgie. It's actually quite good up there. So we hit the town, ended up home at about 4, 4.30. Uh, it was, some of the other guys stayed out. So you could imagine the state of the squad the next day. And we played against the Jets. And look, we, we held them out and managed to, to grab a clean sheet against them the next day, the next night. And we were telling the players in the field, like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You guys are training full time and we're out since 5 a.m. last night. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. But uh, that's, yeah, that was a, a great Arthur story. been doing his homework for his HSCs. He was up all night as well. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> Schwartz, a bit did... more stressed than you. <laughs> Schwartz, yeah. did you get much A-League over there? Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've, I've got one for you. Oh. Um, I've got a player for you that I've, uh, I've seen. And I've seen quite a bit of highlights of, and what I've seen of him, I'm very impressed. And I think the kid's got a big future. Okay. Um, Stephen Hall, goalkeeper at Adelaide United. Right. He's played three games. Yeah. He came on, I think, he was like fourth goalkeeper. 
Um, the only thing I'd say, he's got a mullet. Not having it. <laughs> um, but I've liked everything about him. He's 17 years old, made his debut at 16. Yeah. He, he, um, he looks calm. He looks uh, assuring. He looked commanding in his own yard box. And there was a couple, quite a few saves that I've seen him make. He made look easy and he caught them. Mm. And yeah, the kid looks good. Looks very good. Looks like a big, bright future. Well, you got to be to be trusted at that level, right? He became he became the youngest ever goalkeeper in A League history this season. Yep. So you, you've right. got you've got to be to be trusted. Give, yes, Bridge. Give, give a shout out as well to Jacob Farrell. Uh, Mont is you know he's, he's the yeah. left back. Mon Mon Huda. Nick Montgomery has really mentored him very very well. And if anybody can help him get overseas, um, mm. Nick Nick will be trying to do that. He's 19 years of age, but I just yeah. think this season he has been absolutely brilliant. He's he's got a lot. He's got the energy levels and he's very hard to beat one-on-one. I love his yeah. defending one-on-one. Going forward, he's got quite a bit that he can you know, he can learn off, but that's his defensive duties and his yeah. responsibilities and his energy levels. Um, man, he's, I've been superbly impressed because he's come from MPL um, mm. and he's taken to the A-League absolutely brilliantly. He's embarrassed a lot of right-wingers. Yeah. So another one that I think the sooner they get out, the, the better. It's, it's one of the real positives of the, I guess, the slump in the A-League over the last few years and what it went through. One of the real positives that all these young lads have been given a go. So it could really benefit our national team in the years to come. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Gents, I'm going to bring back a bit of an old Pod favorite. I remember you guys with Dave Wiener used to whip this one out left, right and center. It was the finish the sentence. I'm going to bring that back. Why not? Um, because finish these sentences and then if, if there's anything controversial we can dive into it the first one Schwartz I'll come to you the Champions League teams from the Premier oh, League Tottenham. will be Liverpool Easy. City Chelsea and Tottenham, Tottenham. No, yeah no, Arsenal right no chance no chance nah, they're done not anymore unbelievable they've bottled it uh, I'm not even going to go to you with that one Bridget I know exactly what you're going to say uh, I'm going to give you a bit of a trickier one we're talking strikers the European Golden Boot winner next season will be Haaland wow at City that city. What are we talking? Are we talking 40, 50 plus? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a massive race. Listen, Premier League tough. I'm going to, will he play Champions League? If he can stay fit, I'm going to say he will win that with 38 to 40 goals. Wow. You agree, Schwartzy? Is he the fit? Is he going to oh, yeah, score Across a all competitions, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think he's going to be very successful at City. So long as, like Bridgie said, he stays fit. That That's wow. the key. That's the only, for me, that's the only sort of cloud question mark over over him coming to the Premier League at the moment. Um, will he win the Golden Boot for you? Who do you see winning European Golden Boot next season? But if Lewandowski stays at Bayern, he will win it because he always does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I think if Lewandowski stays at Bayern, he will be a very unhappy man. I, I just don't see that, that happening. And if he goes mm-hmm. to Barcelona, that's a, that's a really interesting one, isn't it? If he goes mm-hmm. to Barcelona, Benzema as well. Look, Benzema at Real Madrid. Oh, if yeah. Mbappe goes there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, what... Where do you go with it, honestly? <laughs> Where do you go with it? Where do we start? Oh, There's only one start? word. I'm sorry. I give you Holland. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, no, I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate the straight shooting this morning, Bridgie Schwartzy, very uncharacteristically sitting on the fence this morning. Okay. Um, let's go with the Italian Serie A title race. It's gone down to the final day. It's the two clubs from Milan, but the winner lifting the Serie A trophy will be AC Milan. Just like the yeah, jersey in so. the background. Come on, AC. It's like the good old days. Yeah, it is. It is. They do deserve it. I tell you what, their gaffer's done a phenomenal job with the players that he's had. They and need the door, just a he? point. He was he almost was out the door. Yeah, he was gone. Ralph yeah. Rennick was taking over his manager. He was. He was there. Yeah, he was yeah. gone. And then there was like a last minute complete U turn. 
Yeah. Insane, isn't it? If you talk to Milan fans, they put a lot of this success down to him because they don't think that the club has really given him the support, the money to buy players. He's had to scrap and he's done such a good job. Um, So, you know, let's see. And how does Donnarumma feel? I thought, you know what, Schwartzy? I'm not a keeper by any means. I said it the day. (laughs) I tell you what, a little kickabout, I'll do all right. But I can only dive to one side. But um, (laughs) I thought they traded up with Mike Mignon. And as an Italian, I was probably criticized for saying that. But seeing him in Liga last season with Lille and seeing the fall that they've had since he left and also with his feet because Gigi Zonaruma had an incredible Euros but watching Serie A regularly I actually think that his game is not com- it's not fully complete and I think Mike Mignon has shown that whenever he's been in the team he's about to win most clean sheets in the Serie A and he had a massive injury spell in the middle of the year as well so he's been brilliant yep. but uh, you know AC Milan, I think we all hope that they do it because Inter, they, they just tend to win too much. What's up, Bridgie? What do you got? I see a cheeky I, I face. I a laugh because you said you can only dive to one side as a goalkeeper. I've got the same problem. I can only yeah. go off to my right. I can't yeah. dive to my left. Yeah. I think that's just people that well, don't that don't train yeah. as a goalkeeper. I think that's normal. Bridge. Yeah, but it's just funny you said that because I remember, yeah, I used to love going in goal, but I used to always stand a little bit off centre to the left so I showed more of the right side of the goal because I knew I could <laughs> dive that way. Yeah. I, yeah. We had my ear for what you do, so you could dive always. Yeah. Just... Just only just. Um, they just Schwartzy loved the left side. The Uruguayans didn't figure it out though. They just kept kicking it that way, yeah. and Schwartzy saved it every falling, time. I just kept falling over left, and I saved them. I was lucky. <laughs> uh, when Sam Kerr finishes her career, Schwartzy, she'll go down as blank. Blank. She won't go down as a blank. You man. you feel you feel the blank. <laughs> feel the blank. <laughs> uh, she'll definitely go down as Australia's greatest ever uh, women's footballer. Without yeah. a doubt. She'll go down as one of the best ever women's footballer in the world. Right. Um, and she'll be regarded as one of our best ever footballers, full stop. Okay. Bridgie? Four letters, all capitals, G-O-A-T, GOAT. Double A T? Is that is that was it just a stumble? I of just you? had to make sure I had an, an A because my accent might sound like an E. Okay. <laughs> she'll go down as the GOAT. She, she is now. Okay. Wow. Massive you go court. down as the goat. Okay. Is big that like capital, the, go- the goat of Australian? Letters. The goat of Australian football or the goat of women's ah, yeah, football? I think she would be one of the goats of... of if you're talking about Sam football. finishing her career... Yep. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about yeah, the, yeah, after, the after her career. career. No, after she her career. go down as yeah. a, one of the greatest of I, all time, I, 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 right. I don't think people... I, I don't know whether Sam has enough of the flair factor for people to class her as being a goat, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when you look at Lewandowski, when you look at Benzema, they're not classed as the goat, right? Mm. So Messi, Ronaldo, because they had a flair, they had something extra. And of course, they backed it up with performance. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is they're always the one that people went to, go to, because of that extra bit of flair, that something magical that they're able to produce. when you're scoring the two goals in the Premier, in the Women's um, Super League, sorry, the Women's Premier League, the two goals that she did get, and you're doing the two goals in the FA Cup final, she's making a name for herself in every game. She's been the match winner in every game. That's going to continue. And I think that'll get the attention that she needs. Yeah. To get oh. that, to get that. Oh, I, no doubt. Look, I agree with you. I, look, I, I think I think she's definitely one of the best players in in yeah. women's football. There, yeah. There's mm-hmm. not a, not a, a doubt in my mind about that. Mm. The question is, does she win? You know, does she win FIFA's best? Does she win? Uh, you know, the equivalent Ballon d'Or for women? Because you know, I don't think she does because that little bit of extra flair. Yeah, she hasn't in the past. And when I thought actually she was a great chance of winning it. Mm. And the thing is, she's done it at the MLS. She's done it in Australia. She's done it in England now and 
will she win those big awards? <sighs> she should. Yeah. Well, I mean, time will tell. Let's have a look. She's doing incredible things. We can't wait to see what she gets up to next season. Speaking of next season, this time next season, Man United will be in what position on the ladder? I'm going to say outside the top four. They're not going to make Champions League next season either. No? So I, I, I think, I think they'll be... Okay, I, I'm going to say that they're going to be uh, sixth. Sixth this time next season. Bridgie, do you agree with that? I'm going to go for fourth. I think he'll have an impact. I'm going to say fourth. I think they'll... <sighs> I think they Yeah, I like what he's about. Um, I hope he can settle the ship and what I did like I remember we were laughing Claude's I said I wouldn't give the players the summer off I'd have them in and then obviously they'd, they'd hate me yeah. from day one but he's actually got them back two weeks early um, yeah. he says the fitness levels are not there what is required and wow. I, I feel for them as a, yeah. player, as a player I used to hate it when you hear the, hear the manager say they're not fit enough you're like oh no here we go yeah, yeah. you know what you're in for you know well, what you're in for but hey he's, they haven't done it so they deserve it excited that he will be another big character in the Premier League Schwartz he says sixth and that doesn't sound too bad but you know considering all the criticism sixth is where they are now so I yes. mean that's kind of saying it's, it's going to just kind of just stay steady it won't be much of an improvement right I, no I think overall there'll be a, more of an improvement okay because I think I think he'll have them playing some slightly better football and there'll be better players around mm. I just don't think they'll get because the build is the rebuild is so big yeah. I think the rebuild is a monumental I, yeah. I, I really do yeah. and I don't think it's going to happen overnight and I think look he, he's untested the manager in terms of wherever he's been and been successful he's been in a structure mm. where he basically coaches he yeah. doesn't he doesn't have a big influence on in the players that come in and, and go out of the club. He just coaches and runs the side. Mm. Ajax is an institution that from the ground up to the top, they play the same way. Mm-hmm. They produce players for each position. So he, I'm not saying he's not a good coach because he has to be, right? But what is he going to be like when he has to have a say or is he going to have a say on bringing players in? He's already said he wants to have a say and influence on who comes to the club. Yeah. I, 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 the guys. I mean, it's not to say that he won't be successful. I just think it's going to be a bit hit and miss to begin with. That's for mm. sure. Yeah. Well, we'll have a look. Time will tell. I guess that's the role of Ralph Ranick as well to be up there and and helping him select and make those if decisions. But if he's there, yeah, we don't know that either. Um, last one. We saw the Sergio Aguero statue. They did. They did an average job of the statue at the front. Tony Cruz taking the well, Mickey out of that one on well, Twitter. Did you Did you hear though? I, I saw the interview from the guy that created this, the, the sculpture. Right. And he had one. He had one meeting with Aguero face to face. Well, not even face to face over Zoom oh, yeah, for ten minutes. Yes. Yeah, so, tough. but he said we had lots of videos and lots of pictures. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I agree. I'm I'm not convinced no. by the actual end product. I mean, Tony, I Tony Cross's tweet was fantastic. Yeah, it, it looked more look, like yeah. him. He did look it more will, like him. I, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say that the, the angle of the photograph wasn't great. So mm. I'm going to be there on the weekend. Okay, and I'm going to get a picture taken with it. <laughs> and can you we'll get us a few different, different angles, sport. please? We'll, yeah, exactly. And then we'll see because I'm, okay. I'm not convinced by it yet either. I'm not. Okay. But I'm not going to say. It, I'm not going to say I like it or don't like it at the moment. I'm going to leave it until the weekend when I'm there. Right. right. I'm interested to see what you think because I was thinking my last question of the day: if Optus Sport put one right outside the studio, put a little statue, who would it be? Who gets the Optus Sport statue? Do you I've, think? I've been thinking about this long and hard, <laughs> and I'm. 
I'd love it to be me, right? I would love it to be me. I've, you know, but you know what would be size great? Of, hang on, hang on, Swartz. No, 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 no. Be great if it were you, right? Because at least when it's really sunny, everybody could take a shade under his nose. <laughs> well, this is where I've thought long and hard about it because I was thinking, you know, a, a bit of a fat head, a bit of a big head. I would, I would block the sun in the beautiful gardens of Optus, you know, and my nose would yeah. block the sun. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking long and hard about this, but it's got to be Mark Swartz because we've got beautiful grounds outside at Optus in between and if you think of a Mark Swartz statue so we could have him diving down to one side his favourite side his famous right. side yeah. diving and kind of looking up so he's looking as if he saved the ball and the ball's kind of gone up in the air yeah. and what we could do we could create a sundial in the grounds because as he's looking up <laughs> wherever the sun is these nose will create like a, a sundial in the garden so we, we, you know what we're doing we're getting one of Australia's greatest goalkeepers in his famous position looking up and then we can say it's for a use as well as a sundial I really thought long and hard about it and I've got to give him the statue I like it. You know what? I I was going to say that you have thought long and hard about this. And I'm actually going to go so far as saying that someone told you what to say, because I don't think you're capable of coming up with that. I was was chatting to my wife last night and we we came up with it. We had a good brainstorm. It's fantastic, Swarty. A diving statue of you in the Optus Sport grounds as a bronze statue. I'm going to give it to you. Looking yeah, up, I'm and, the, to you. I, and then I, I, there's numbers all around you, depending on where the sun is. I think it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Ticks all the boxes. <laughs> it's genius. A brilliant piece of engineering. I'll keep my eye out for it on the Optus Sport grounds, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on another edition of the Gagan Pod. I believe we got one left next week to wrap up the whole season. I think, uh, yeah, I believe we do. So hopefully, I'll be speaking to you guys and Tommy Sorensen next week, and whoever else decides to pop in because we've had plenty of guests pop in and out over the last few weeks. It is the final week of the Premier League, along with all the other top European leagues. So. I don't doubt we'll have plenty to talk about. Marcus Schwartz, have a good night. I know it's past your bedtime over there in London. Bridgie, have a lovely morning and we'll see you guys all next week here on the Gagan Pod. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.